Happy Friday, everybody, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Preet, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. All right, let's get started with our first guest, Amanda Ewing, queen of everything legislative here at OEA. Thank you for joining us, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Um, there's a lot happening at the Capitol right now. Let's um, let's backtrack a little bit before this week. Let's talk about uh, the COLA, the cost of living adjustment deal that's on the table. Can you tell us what's going on? Sure. This is one of the uh, major goals we had for session, and it is looking like uh, we have accomplished it. Our House and Senate leadership have agreed to terms for a cost of living adjustment for all public retirees. The terms are going to be that if you've retired for, uh, if you've been retired for more than five years, you will get a 4% COLA. If you've been retired between two and five years, you get a 2% COLA. And then if you've retired within the past two years, then uh, those people will receive no COLA. And the date will be July 1st, 2020. That's when we sort of, uh, you know, work back and decide how long you've been retired. How did all that come to be? Because we kind of went from maybe these bills, maybe some other bills over here to all of a sudden there was a, a deal out of the sky. You know, the House Republican leadership, uh, were they were really motivated to make this happen this year. And so they uh, picked a bill, they put the language in it, and had it heard in House rules late last week. Uh, they weren't going to put language in it. They were initially just kind of keeping that bill open and moving so that they could use it later until they got uh, full agreement from the Senate. And- when that happens, that's called a shell bill, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it was a shell bill. Uh, but then right before rules, uh, those of us on the Keep Oklahoma's Promises Pension Coalition, that's our allies in AFT, firefighters, uh, university professors. We've been working for years on this COLA together. We all got word that there was a deal that was struck. They asked, you know, would we accept it? And we talked and, and decided yes. And, uh, and the bill got, you know, the language got put in the bill and... We're told that it should be headed to the governor in the next couple of weeks. So what's the status of it right now? It is Right now, it is ready to be heard on the House floor. Okay. Um, so let's talk about our other um, Together We're Stronger goals. Right now, that's going to well, come Carrie, down. Carrie, can I ask you a question yeah, real quick? go for it. Uh, Amanda, what's the benefit of the July 1st date? Well, there are a couple of things. You know, initially the date was going to be later in the year, and so um, retirees wouldn't get their COLA payment as quickly, um, and there would would have been a few more months of people who didn't get covered by the COLA. But then also the July date means that we're going to get data back on this COLA in time uh, to so so. We started in July. By next July, it will have happened, you know, people, it will have been in effect for a year. Um, By the following session, we'll know how that COLA impacted the retirement system. So by moving it back to July, we actually can look at a second COLA sooner than we would have been able to if if it were to take effect in November. Excellent. Thank you. Um, So let's talk about our other Together We're Stronger goals. So um, that's going to come down to the budget, right? Exactly. Uh, the rest all have to do with money. We want $75 million uh, to go into the classroom unencumbered. We'd like a $2,700 uh, pay raise for teachers and a uh, 3750 uh, pay raise for support personnel. And unencumbered funding means that it's not set aside for something specific, right? Exactly. Okay, so what is 
what's the deal with the budget? We're down this year, right? So there's no money. Does that mean there's no money? That's not what that means. It is true that this year's revenue. Myth busting on Friday, Okra. <laughs> you're welcome. Absolutely. <laughs> this year, uh, we are bringing in less revenue than we did last year. So that sounds like a bad thing. Uh, but we have uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in savings for this exact purpose. So we're going to be able to access $300 million out of the rainy day fund. As a result of this uh, budget coming in a little less, we put an additional $200 million in savings last year just because the legislature and the governor thought that was a good idea. So we've got that money available to spend. And then there were... Uh, there was another $200 million last year that was spent from the budget that was just one-time expenditures. So we needed that money last year, but those expenses don't recur this year. So when you add all that money up, we've got $700 million that the legislature could spend this year on public education. Wow. So, uh, so we're not, you know, allowing folks to say we can't do anything for public education because there's no money. Got it. Um, other things are happening, obviously, lots of other policy things going on. What's what's going on with uh, the virtual charter stuff? Seems like there's a lot happening with their bills related to that. There are. Um, we've got, you know, Representative Sheila Dills has a good bill that's trying to bring some accountability to our virtual schools, and that's going to deal with transfers and attendance uh, and some funding. That's House Bill 2905. But then there are two other bills that um, I think are real interesting. You know, some of us have been pretty critical of the virtual statewide uh, charter school board in approving all of the uh, virtual applications and not providing a whole lot of oversight. And there are two bills that are attempting to kind of move that board under different entities to ensure that there's some, some real regulation of our virtual schools. Mm -hmm. uh, one is House Bill 1229. That would put the virtual board under the authority of the Oklahoma uh, Education Quality and Accountability uh, agency. So not the State Department of Education, which was actually our OEA's first um, goal. That was actually a bill we requ requested to begin with, but it's been changed to OEQA. But then a second bill is uh, Senator Stanislavski's Senate Bill 1541. It creates the Commission for Digital Learning. It essentially changes the virtual board into the Commission for Digital Learning, mm -hmm. keeps the board as is, but then adds the state superintendent to it, the director of career tech, mm -hmm. the chancellor for higher ed. So people that uh, we think know about public education, yeah. care about it, are politically uh, responsive to yeah. voters. Uh, so, so we think either of those bills would be a big improvement in the regulation of virtual schools. Right. So you think that putting actual educators on a school board <laughs> is, a, is a good idea? You know, it turns out uh, educators have a lot of expertise in the topic of education. Oh, man. Huh. Dropping, dropping all the knowledge. <laughs> um, all right. So what's, what's coming up this week? So uh, this upcoming Thursday will be a deadline for bills to get off the floor in their House of Origin. So House bills have to pass the full House and Senate bills have to pass the full Senate or they are dead for the rest of the year. So um, another thing, just to, as an aside, our Legislative and Political Organizing Center every week chooses a lawmaker of the week. And uh, let's who is it going to be this week? Who has done good stuff for, for OGLED this week? This week, it's going to be Representative Rhonda Baker. She is the chair of the House Common Education Committee. Uh -huh. uh, she's authored a lot of good legislation this session. Uh, one that we're really looking at right now um, creates a 
more, I think, supportive path for emergency certified teachers to become traditionally certified. It's Mm going to outline what classes they need to take each year. It's going to give them three years to uh, take the tests they need to be Mm -hmm. certified. And it's just uh, trying to, you know, address this problem of us not having enough uh, highly qualified certified teachers in the classroom. All right. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for all the information. So much happening, as always, during the session, and we appreciate you taking the time. Thanks very much. Great to have you drop knowledge on us. (laughs) Thanks, Alicia. All right. In the second uh, section of Fried Okra, every week we're going to have guests. And so ideally we're going to have members from all over the state, different leaders. Um, And this week we're actually talking with Margaret Brown and Candice Richkowski of the Mustang Education Support Professionals. Alicia, you know them, right? I do. They are our uh, one of our newest uh, ESP bargaining locals. Yes, and actually that's what we talked to them about. I caught up with them at the organizing conference last weekend, and we chatted about what it's like to go through a bargaining election. So here's what they had to say. Well, thank you very much to our special guests, Margaret Brown and Candice Richkowski uh, from Mustang ESP. Thank you guys for coming today. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for inviting us. We're excited. So um, each of, uh, let's, can you guys tell us what it is that you do for Mustang? So, Margaret, can you tell us what you do? I'm the student database administrator for Mustang, which means I work on the student information system. I take care of student records electronically. Um, It's basically whatever I need to do to support the district, the teachers, the principals, the counselors, administration. And can you tell us about what you do? I am the tech support supervisor, so I am basically the person who does everything from wiring cables through the walls and getting under the teacher's desks and plugging in their computers, handling the projectors, the wireless APs, the routers, and all of those things. So you are the one responsible for brain grade videos. Like if it wasn't for you guys, it would be disastrous without brain rate videos. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not in the classroom, but okay. sure. <laughs> well, thank you for keeping everything ready. You're welcome. So now you guys um, and Mustang just recently became a bargaining local. Correct. So tell tell everybody how did that process start? What made you, what made, what was the genesis of that and why, and what were the steps you took? Well, Mustang... We've always had, well, I don't know if we've always had, but MEA, which is our certified side, has bargained for a long time. They have a seat at the table. Um, Support did not. We have not had a unified voice. And I think that was one of the main reasons that we wanted to um, get organized and go for the seat at the table because there's so many different jobs throughout our district. There's so many different sites throughout our district. And people would have issues across the district, the same issues, and they wouldn't have any idea that the other just the other support staff were having the same issue. Yeah. So when we started to talk to people, we learned, okay, you're having this issue over here, you're having the same one. Those issues never made their way all the way up to the top. Those issues never made it um, to our administration building, to our superintendent. Um, some of them may have, but it was very rare um, when we began to sit down with administration and tell them some of the things that you know might be happening they were shocked to hear some of what was going on. And I think that was our main 
our main reason for doing what we were doing is not about, I mean, we'd love to have money. Money's great. But it wasn't even about money at that point. It was about you deserve a voice. Right. We have to get unified so that we have a unified voice. We can go to the superintendent and we can talk to him about what's going on in the district because it's large. Mustang is a large school right. district. We have over 12,000 kids. And and to me, it's a, a support staff union is such a broad range of jobs. Yes. I huge. mean, it is like... I mean, you've got everybody. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you work towards having a unified voice when you have? I mean, you have got you're covering all different departments, all Correct. different locations, all different. I mean, it just seems like a very broad range of people. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think we consider ourselves as covering all of those. We actually have people who are in those departments that are covering their departments yeah. um, because we have no clue what yeah. it is that they have to go through or what right. they have to do. So. We ask them to relay to us what we need to be talking about, what right. we need to be asking for. Um, and so we were able to communicate and get enough people from each department to be able to do that. So what was that like, um, gathering support to actually have a, a vote to be bargaining? I mean, because it seems like that would be, I mean... It seems that seems like a very good job. It was a big. It was a big job. Yeah. We thought it was going to be an overnight process. We thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> these people are going to be so excited to have a contract. They're going to join they're just in, gonna droves. in droves. Yeah, they're just going to come and they're going to join, and we're just going to, you know, we'll have this done in a year. We'll yeah, two years tops, Easy. right? No, that did not happen. We learned right away that what we usually like to say is that it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. Yeah. This is a marathon because people. It takes time to communicate. It takes time for people to understand why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. There's so many misconceptions about either associations, unions. Well, is this against, I love my principal. I don't want to do anything against my principal. I respect administration. I don't want to do anything against administration. I trust them to do yeah. what's best for me. And we're like, sure, we do too. Right. We do too. Um, we want to work with them. So we started just basically educating what, what our association, what MESP is all about. Mm -hmm. And that took us a good, probably two years. And it was, a, we began to gain members. We began to put members out in the district mm -hmm. uh, to communicate with each other um, so that they would learn who we were. Mm -hmm. So that was our first step and our biggest step was just educating people on who we are. We still have some people who are, who are not even sure what we do. Or we have we a lot of people who were afraid Mm -hmm. um, and so they wanted to stay on the backside and they didn't mm -hmm. want people to see them and they didn't want people to know that they were members because they were afraid of something happening, some type of retaliation or some type of right. judgment, um, by their administrators, right. um, that that meant all of a sudden that they were against their administrators. So we had to reflect to them what we were really about, which is what OEA is about, which is about respect, which is about understanding. We're trying to make this district the best possible district it can be. Yes. And we can't do that if we are us and them. We have to do it yeah. together. Yeah, and so our goal was to bring their concerns and their issues to a place that they didn't feel comfortable being able to go to so that they could hear, so the administration could hear what their issues were. And um, administration went from being a small school district mm -hmm. to being a 6A school district yeah. um, in a very short amount of time. So that they expected the people to be able to come to them. Well, we have 600 support employees and that's wow. just support. How are you going to be able to sit down with 600 or even half that, 300 support employees mm -hmm. with issues. You're not going to be able to. So talk about um, the actual bargaining election. So a lot of districts, 
these, I mean, they've had bargaining rights for a long time or they don't have them at all. So can you explain how, like what the actual election is like? You have to get us a majority of all, yes, it's just, everybody, right? Of all right. support employees. Right. There yeah. has to be 50 plus 1% of all support employees in the district. Not just members, not just people who show up to vote, right? Right. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, well, 50% of, 50 plus one of the people who do show up to vote yes. okay. have to vote in favor of our association doing the bargaining for them. Yes. You start with a, you start with notifying your board that you're going to submit a petition. Mm -hmm. So then you begin to collect all of your signatures. You have to have 30% of your um, support people sign that petition that all says support we people. want. Yeah, 30% of all oh, support okay. people, not just members, mm -hmm. all support people. That was really one of our largest numerical hurdles because... That was a lot of people. Right. You have 600. Right. Uh, you had to have 30% of them sign that petition, and we couldn't do it during, uh, during business yeah. hours. We mm -hmm. couldn't do it. Well, we could have potentially done it on campus. We chose not to. We said, we want to do this in such a way that there is no question yeah. that we're doing it on the up and up, that this is completely legitimate. Yeah. We informed our board. We talked to our superintendent. We explained what we were going to do, um, and we started collecting signatures. And I think we had 30 days. There's there's very strict guidelines and timelines right. about how this process has to work by law. Um, we have the right to it. We just have to do it. Yeah. Um, so the we petition. We were meeting people in fields. Right. The, <laughs> yeah. To get it done. <laughs> after, after school, we'd be, I'll meet you in the field across the street school. from the school. Yeah. 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 Just so to get the sign. Notification, petition, vote. Mm -hmm. And then once you get past that vote, which is 50% of the 50% plus one of the people who are voting have to vote in favor of MESP to do the um, bargaining. bargaining, then that's it. Now the hard part begins building the contract. Oh, gosh. So I want to ask quickly, I do want to talk about contracts. So what was the actual election day like? Because of all of that work, I mean, all of those, I mean, it was years to get to that point. Yes. What was election day like? Did you um, just want to... Did you, were you, I think we were super excited. So excited. I think we were so, so finally there and yeah. we knew that we had um, a large group of when when the signatures happened, that's when we were surprised. We were like, wow. We overwhelmingly got yeah. signatures from the support staff. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, okay, that means that they want this. And we had already built up the membership enough that we felt like, you know what, this is, this is probably going to happen. And so it was all day long. We were just antsy. Oh, like excited, we just excited. need to get there and we need yeah. to get that count. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. Yeah. Um, what did it feel like when you, when it was official? It, it felt amazing, but a little bit daunting because again, now we know Hugely we have to build daunting. a contract. Now <laughs> we have to, yeah, we, we, we've earned the seat of the team. Yeah. Now we have to sit down. So, so talk so. about that part of it, the contract part of it, because so much in bargaining for districts is Let's modify this or change this. And you guys are really... We have nothing to change. We have starting nothing. from scratch. Starting yes. from scratch. So, I mean, that seems massive. It, it is a little bit massive and it's taking us... We're, we're just in that process now. Uh -huh. yeah. So, we're going to... We've met with our advocate, Rhonda Harlow, who's amazing. Um, she came in and she was like, hey, this is this is our process. We're going to give ourselves a few meetings. We're going to start doing this in teams and we're going to break it out. So our negotiations team, that's the first thing we did. We voted those people in place. Mm -hmm. We said, okay, now we're going to put you to work. <laughs> so you're going to take yeah. a different section of the contract um, or what we would like to have in the contract research, look at other contracts, see what you'd like to have in it. And then we're going to come back and we're going to put it all together. We did a lot before. of copy. We're doing copy and paste right now into yeah. Google drive just to, you know, what is this and what is that? But we have 
we have nine members uh, on our negotiating team. So we have a, a representative from every department. Mm -hmm. So e each one of those departments then got to say, well, I want to take that section and I want to take that section. So talk about that research process. Are you guys using contracts from OEA, from other locals in Oklahoma? Yes. 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 So of course we use the website yeah. for the local information. But, but, that's, but that's been helpful? Oh, it's been great. great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Why reinvent the wheel? I mean, there's some amazing contracts yeah. out there that so, people have bought yeah. to build. So. We find the we find the ones that we uh, feel are going to serve our purposes right. the best, and then we clip that piece out and and put it in there. We're we're making a Frankenstein contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yes, we are. <laughs> I like this arm. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> the eyebrows. So, are good. <laughs> So, like, where are you in that timeline? So, when, like, where are you in that process? We we will sit down with our administration for the first time on April 24th. Oh, man. So, that's our first seat at the table. Yeah. That's our first. So, we're, like, in the thick of it right now, just building the verbiage, mm -hmm. building, you know. We'll be, we'll be getting it approved one little piece at a time. Yeah. So, there's going to be a lot, a lot of meetings. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, going back to that part about feeling daunting, yeah. we we were so built up for the vote mm -hmm. that it was like, you know, we had like five seconds of, oh, we got it. <laughs> yeah. And then immediately we're like, oh, no, no what's next? What's <laughs> next? All this to do. Yeah. So, yeah. But so what would you say to non-marketing, non-marketing locals that are thinking about it or wanting to? What what advice would you have for them, um, both with those maybe feelings of being overwhelmed or thinking, oh my gosh, I, this I, is huge. I would say share the responsibility. We have, oh my gosh, amazing, amazing members in Mustang. And those those people, as soon as we, it makes me a little teary. Oh. We, as soon as we explain why we're doing what we're doing, this is about our students. Yeah. This is about having consistent support staff for those kids every single day. But this is what it's going to take to get there. And when we explain our why, because that's our why. They were like, oh, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. All the other stuff doesn't matter. All the other stuff, you know, because so many times, well, I'm not political. That's not what this is about. No. This is about students and Mustang. It's an amazing community. It's an amazing school district. So let's make it the absolute best it can be. And yeah. we have amazing members who are working so, so hard to help make this happen. And so we spread that, that work out amongst all those people and they are just, they're, they're, they're rock stars. They're and, but I think the, the key is, is that we want to take care of them so they can take care of the students. students. Right. And I yeah. think that they realize that's really what we're talking about. Right. And the other thing is, is that fail, you're going to fail. Yeah. You're going to fail we repeatedly. Did. We did. We're going to, we're going to be in a, a deal where we feel like, you know, 50 people are going to show up, but five show up. <laughs> right. Well, guess what? I'm still standing at the front of that room right. and talking into a mic. If that's what I planned on doing as if there were 50 people in the room, because, um, once you realize that, you know, a, they appreciate that they mm -hmm. feel like that, that you think they matter and they do matter. Right. Those five people matter. And so when you treat them like that, then they, they can feel that and they know that. And so um, when they matter, then they go out and they make other people matter. And everybody that they make matter comes over and says, hey, I want to, I want to do this for other people. Yes. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you guys. Maybe we should say congratulations again after you have a contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to keep congratulating ourselves. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you guys.
much for coming and chatting. Thank with you so us. much. And keep up the awesome work in Mustang. All right. And this is the third section of our Fried Okra podcast, Alicia's Morning Announcements. So first, let me tell you where I am. I am in Lawton today with our Aspiring Educators Association for their Outreach to Teach program. They are beautifying uh, an elementary school here in Lawton, Cleveland Elementary. They have painting projects. They've got inside, outside. They are going to be um, beautifying Cleveland Elementary School, which was built in 1955. So I'm excited to be here. That's why my sound quality may be a little bit different as uh, as you hear me talking. But this is my opportunity to tell you what's going on with OEA. I want to recap real quick our organizing conference. We had around 200 people. The feedback has been great. They loved it. We had comments about wanting more time in sessions, making it a full two days. And if you missed Friday night session. Uh, because the room got full on uh, Singo and our lip sync battle. It was epic. So I hope that when we have the next training session, you'll come. If you heard something at organizing conference and you want uh, that person to come and talk to your local or your executive committee, give us a call and we will connect you to those folks. Next thing I want to talk to you about is a, a salary comparison that our staff has compiled. It is behind the wall, but you can reach out to your staff at any time and request a copy. So what it does is it looks at um, 6A and 5A schools and breaks down the salary schedules so that you can see what everyone is earning. Um, this is especially in interesting and helpful as you gear up for negotiations. So whether you're a smaller school or a larger school, right now we just have 5A and 6A base salaries, um, but we're planning on making it larger. And um, we've got districts breaking out whether or not they're paying an employee part of teacher retirement, um, what they're paying in additional health. Uh, and then in the end, it breaks down by five-year increments. So you can compare 0, 5, 10, 15, 20, all the way up. As we were doing some research for this, we found out that bargaining locals uh, are earning above what non-bargaining locals are earning. So um, if you meet and confer with your district, you can still use this information to help push the salaries. Um, so, what is on everybody's mind right now? Coronavirus, COVID-19. I want to let you know that the NEA and the OEA have been uh, working on establishing protocols uh, within our associations for our meetings. Uh, we've got our delegate assembly coming up, and so we're, um, we're working on what that needs to look like if there is an outbreak of illnesses. Um, but more importantly, what it looks like for you guys in your schools. So um, we're also working with the State Department of Education here in Oklahoma, um, and we know that they are monitoring needs and assessments of illnesses and breakouts. Um, this is, you know, it's, it's like the when the flu breaks out or the stomach virus. Schools sometimes have to shut down for a couple of days, do a deep cleaning and reset. What we know works is 
that um, you use spray Lysol on things like keyboards and um, porous surface things, and we use Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol, and then vigorously washing hands multiple times a day with soap. Um, you may get tired of seeing happy birthday to time your hand washing or the alphabet song. Um, so yesterday I saw a new one. You can sing Boomer Sooner uh, a couple of times through, and that gets you through. And if that doesn't make you have a better day, I don't know what will. But, you know, Carrie, one of the main things that um, educators know to do, and you were in the classroom, so you probably know this, if it's wet and it's not yours. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Um, do not. The coronavirus introverts, this is your moment. My husband is like, can we just not go outside? Does this mean we don't have to talk to other people? So this is your time, this, introverts. This is an introvert's dream <laughs> to stay inside. They've been training for this all their lives. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernell-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. We hope you'll join us again next Friday on Fried Okra. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.